can be seated. Let's have the ushers to come. Father, thank you tonight for the opportunity to worship you in giving. We do it in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Oh, thank you, brother. And let's go ahead and turn to Psalm 150 tonight. Psalm 150. And the Bible says, Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm reading from the message translation. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is in his holy house of worship. Praise him under the open skies. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his magnificent greatness. Praise with a blast on the trumpet. Praise by strumming soft strings. Praise him with castanets and dance. Praise him with banjo and flute. I don't know where you can praise God on a banjo, can you? That would be a hard one. <laughs> Praise him with cymbals and a big bass drum. Praise him with fiddles and mandolin. Let every living, breathing creature praise God. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Touch our ears, touch our hearts. Grant us revelation in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about worship tonight. Everybody say worship. Worship. There's something about praise and worship that attracts God. I said there's something about praise and worship that attracts God. Now, listen to what Psalm 22 says. It says that he inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. And so this word inhabit is a really important word that he uses here. And it means to live in a place or an environment. So when he says God inhabits the praises of his people, it means that he's coming to live in the praises. It means that he is coming to that environment. Amen? to make one's home. And so I don't know about you, but that tells me I don't want to just come to church and worship. I want it to be every day, 365 days a year. I love to sing riding down the road, 
Praise God. Everywhere I go, I love to lift up a song to the Lord. Now, some of you may not be like that, but I believe that's how God wants us to live. Somebody say, all right, yes, amen. Just constant praise is going up to God, worshiping him, staying in that posture. And I believe that that is so significant, especially right now with the heaviness that we feel in the world and all the stuff that is out there. But one thing about praise and one thing about worship, Satan hates it. You got to remember, he led the choirs of heaven. He got fired. Somebody say, God fired the devil. Said, look, you're done. You're not leading praise and worship anymore. No more music's coming out of you. This is it, dude. You're fired and sent him up the road. Amen? Guess what? You and I took his place. Somebody give praise to God. Amen? We took his place. Hallelujah. And so tonight, that's why praise and worship is so significant. It's because the devil doesn't do it anymore, can't do it anymore because God fired him. But we can do it. Somebody say, man, exercise your pipes. Do everything that you can to praise God. And this translation is a wonderful translation, just reading it. And I was just, you know, tonight when he said talking about the banjo, this is talking about just an all-out bunch of people that are praising God any way that they possibly can, but skillfully. Amen. Drums, flutes, banjos, guitars, pianos, fiddles, you name it, they're praising God. And so it's important, I believe, because God desires this. He designed us to do it. That's why he gave us breath. Somebody say he gave us breath. He gave us breath. I think that's why that, you know, just uh, uh, you think about the instruments that we use, especially the ones that you breathe through. Amen. Something about strings, the vibration of strings, anything that has to do with that, it just moves the heart of God. It does something to him. Amen. It causes him to come, the Bible said in Psalm 22, and do what? Live there. Live there. Amen. Instead of cussing and fussing, driving down the road, start praising God, and he'll come and sit with you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Instead of getting all upset around the house and stuff like that, start lifting up God, and he'll move in. Somebody say he likes that environment. He will come. Somebody say he will come. He will come. And so... Uh, we're going to look at a couple of stories tonight in a lot of time. Maybe we'll get through, you know, some of this anyway. In Genesis chapter number 3, a very familiar story with us tonight. And, uh, you know, this is uh, chapter number 32, verses 24 through 38. It's talking about Jacob wrestling, wrestling with God. And I want you to listen to this, and especially the significance that it's used in, uh, in, in the frame of worship. It says, but Jacob stayed behind by himself, and a man, everybody say a man. Some believe it was a Christophany. Some, you know, believe that it was God that he was wrestling with, and, and certainly the Scripture leads, leans this way and tells us this. Stayed behind by himself, and a man or God wrestled with him until daybreak. Everybody say until daybreak. Until daybreak. Now, that, that's, uh, that's pretty significant, so that tells me that Jacob had to stay up all night. Amen? Now listen, when the man saw, everybody say, when the man. I'm going to put it this way, when God saw, when God saw that he could not get the best of Jacob. Now everybody knows that, man, you think about this because we know the story that all God did was reach out and touch the thigh and took it out of socket. Somebody say, God could have prevailed at any time he wanted to. 
He's limiting himself right here because he wants to see what's inside of Jacob. And I can tell you tonight, God wants to see what's in us when it comes to worship. Now listen, listen to this. He wrestled. He deliberately threw Jacob's hip out of socket, and the man said, the, the, the man said, let me go, it's daybreak. And Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go, do you bless me? And the man said, but what's your name? He answered, Jacob. And the man said, but no longer your name is, is no longer going to be called Jacob, but from now on, it's Israel, God wrestler. Somebody say, God wrestler. God wrestler. You've wrestled with God and you've come through. Man, this is powerful. Jacob wrestled until. Jacob wrestled until. Jacob received a new name. Amen? God wrestler. So there's something about not letting go that God respects. Let that sink in. Let it sink in. Something about not letting go that God respects. See, those who know God's nature, his character, those that know God's purpose understand that when he gives a promise to us and tells us something, he does not back away from it. Hmm? I'm going to throw this out here too. You know, sometimes we think because God is silent that there's nothing happening. It's just like here tonight we think, you know, we're, you know I think God is really testing. I do. I think he's really testing. What's he doing? He says, hey, are you willing to press on? Are you willing to push forward? Are you willing to push forward? See, silence does not mean no. It can mean go. Keep going, keep going. So when it comes to God, I believe worship is the first step. So when I look at Jacob and I see him wrestling with God all night, I see that as him as a form of prayer, but I also see it as a form of worship. Recognizing who he is, humbling ourselves before him, revering who he is. See, whatever you put a value on, you're going to strive to get it. And so Jacob was in that moment, and he knew that there was something divine, and he wasn't going to back down. He said, man, there's something supernatural taking place here. I don't know who I'm wrestling with or what's going on here, but there's some kind of a holy presence that I'm engaged with. Because in respect that when we come into a, a, the house of God, the, a holy place, where God is, and when we, we come and it seems like that God withdraws himself, what we have to do is put a value on who he is and say, I'm not letting go until you come. I'm going to create the environment that you cannot resist. I want to know if my praise is powerful enough to draw you in here. If my heart strength is strong enough and vibrates enough that it can get your attention so that you cannot just pass me by. This is the attitude that Jacob has. He said, look, I'm going to get your attention. If I'm singing low, if I'm singing high, I'm going to throw my hands up. I'm going to bow low. I'm going to get my heart pointed towards you. Whatever that it takes for me to bring your presence for things to change in my life, God, I'm willing to do that right here, right now. And I'm not letting go until you bless me. So often we fall short right here in places like this. 
Because in a place like that, it's like you get in a struggle between, between the principality or the prince of peace. And so when we come into that place where we know that we're wrestling with God, and I want you to get this because, number one, in order for you to be able to wrestle principalities, you've got to first wrestle with God. If you don't wrestle with God, you'll never wrestle the principality down. So you got to get a hold of him. you got to get in that place. And somebody said, you can't force God to do anything. Oh, my friend. I said, oh, my friend. I said, oh, my soul, don't you give up on me. David said, oh, so why are you disquieted within me? David said, when I didn't know what to do, I encouraged myself in the Lord. See, we have to understand that if he said something in his word, he will back it up 100%. The question comes, how bad do you want it? Are you willing to cross that threshold? Because many of us cry out to God and we're saying, Lord, I want a move of your spirit. I want you to open the heavens. I want you to come down. I want the fire to fall. I want the glory to come. I, Lord, I want to be in that position where I'm not able to move, that I'm just I'm, 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 I'm glued to the floor by the glory of God. I'm under the cabal of God, the heavy, weighty glory of God. Lord, I want you to come, Lord, until our, my, my head's like a fountain of tears, until I feel this fire. God, that I'm just absolutely being changed. I'm not going to let go until that happens for me. See, I've got to be willing to wrestle through that because I understand that God doesn't change his mind on it. If he said it, he will do it. I said if he said it, he will do it. It's not about a bad service or we didn't have the presence or, you know, where's God at? God's saying, hey, I'm right here. Come on. It's like the kid we were talking about Sunday morning that's learning how to walk that's on the other side of the house saying, come on, you can do it. You can make it. You can get here. And see, if I know that my father is there, i got to understand he's on the other side of the veil of the flesh. If I can pierce the veil of this flesh and shut my mind down and get in the spirit, that's where the power begins to work at. But it's going to say, Lord, you know, I'm going to throw up my hands. And, and I want you to listen to some of that, you know, some of that song. It's all I have is a hallelujah. No, all I've got is a praise that's going to attract my God. I'm not going to quit praising until hell shuts up and heaven opens up. I'm not going to be silent. I'm not going to be made quiet. I'm going to give praise and glory to God. I'm going to adore you with everything within me. And I know that your word tells me that you do what? You are going to come and live with me. I said, you're going to come where, my, where the environment is created. Somebody said, I want to create that environment. <laughs> now listen, listen. You see, if we sit and wait until the atmosphere is just right, I'm going to tell you, that'll never happen. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. I create that environment. I said, I create the environment. He said, if two or three are gathered together in my name, I am in the midst of them. So if we gather together, two or three of us, listen, I, I, I'm not going to try, try to find somebody that's not in agreement with me, number one. If I can find me one or two other people that say, look, we're not going to let go until he blesses us, until he walks in the room. If I'm like, I'm like that bunch in the, in the New Testament where he said they ripped off the roof, you know the song that we sing? Tear off the roof. Lower me down. God, I want to see a breakthrough. Whatever it takes, God, whatever it takes. So are we willing to wrestle with God 
Listen, wrestling. So how many have ever wrestled? It's very tiring. It takes a lot to wrestle. Amen. Even in the physical sport, it takes a lot to wrestle. And so when you start wrestling with God, it's like Jacob said. He said, God, I'm not letting go. I don't know what kind of hold he had on Jesus, but I'm going to tell you one thing. He had, a, he had a really strong hold on the Lord. But Jacob was wrestling out of respect, out of reverence. Jacob understood, man, I've got a hold of something divine here, and I'm not letting this go. I'm not letting this moment pass me by because if God is, is here like he says that he is, then I know one thing. I am going to have myself a breakthrough. I said, I'm going to have myself a breakthrough. Amen. Now, I know there's times that I'll just come over here, and I'll get my guitar, and I'll, pray, and I'll start praying. I might go for 30, 45 minutes and not have nothing. Man, but I say, I ain't stopping. I just get in there and start playing. Prophetic songs start coming. Man, I can always tell when I hit the river because the tears start flowing. And you, you, you cannot even sing anymore because it's just like the presence is just so strong and so powerful. See, that's wrestling with God. Because I'm saying, Lord, I know, I know one thing, God. God in heaven, I want you to come. I said, I want you to come. I'm going to create that environment. Amen. Whatever I can do, God, whatever it takes for me to create the environment, whatever that that takes, and my praises to you and to my worship to you. Amen. Because he will come. Somebody say, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. So Jacob wrestles with him all night long. That gives us, an, that gives us to understand God's nature, God's, God's uh, character. Is that he's God, he's almighty. It's like the, the psalm that was reading tonight. Let me read this to you again. He says, praise God in his holy house of worship. Praise him under the open skies. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his magnificent greatness. You think about those words alone. Is that's my focus is that I'm praising him. He's the creator of the universe. And anything that he's ever done in any way that he's ever touched me, no matter how, uh, no matter what kind of a touch that is, if he knocked me in the floor, if I got slain in the spirit, if I shook and trembled, if I cried profusely, if I laughed uncontrollably, I know that there's still more. I said, I said that there's still more. I said there's still more. It's like those moments that we have, you know, that we just lose all uh, ability to recognize what's around us and get lost in his presence. Riding down the road praising God. And I know most of us have probably been in those places that you begin to praise God and you're traveling down the highway and then when you finally get to your destination, you're thinking to yourself, I don't even remember driving here. Did I run anybody out of the road? Did I run over anybody? My God, I could have wrecked my car. But see, that's the way it is because when you get lost in his presence and get caught up in the Holy Ghost, you lose track of time. Your problems fade away. Your circumstances that are against you shrivel up. And you come to that place that you know that God is God. Amen? Amen. This is so powerful. He wrestled with him all night long until the break of day. And what did God do? He changed his name. He said, you're a God wrestler. You're a God wrestler. Man, wouldn't it be awesome if God could call you that? 
Say, that's the guy. Angels, come here. See that man down there by the name of Jacob? Oh, you mean that supplanter, that liar, that no, 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 no. That's not who he is anymore. His name is Israel. God wrestler. Woo! My God. Wouldn't that be awesome if God just changed some of our names? God worshiper. God praiser. God thanker. Hmm? Amen. God intercessor. God prayer warrior. And see, this is a powerful thing because this story's in here for us so that God wants us to understand. He said, look, if you, if you want a breakthrough, if you want, if you want a, a, a real open heaven, if you want the glory, you've got to be willing to wrestle your way through it. The biggest person you're going to have to wrestle is yourself first. Amen. When you learn how to wrestle God, then you're ready to wrestle with principalities and powers. Not until. Amen. I said you got to learn to wrestle with God first. Somebody say wrestle with God. Wrestle with God. And then you think about Abraham. I want you to listen to this. This is powerful. Abraham in the midst of this polytheistic society, all kinds of gods. His family worships everything but the God. Come on, somebody. And so here he is in the midst of this, and he hears God's voice. God sees something in Abraham that Abraham says, I know there's more. I know there's got to be something. There has to be a creator. There's got to be, you know, all this stuff that's going on around here. God's eyes run to and fro throughout the earth, seeking those whose hearts are perfect toward him. Abraham was in the midst of a cesspool. His family worshiped idols. But God looked at him, found him, spoke to him, said, get out of here, and you go to where I show you to go. And so we know the story how God took him and changed his name from Abram to Abraham. God inserted his name into him, the breath of God, gave him life. Amen. But I love the story. We know the story how that he was old. He didn't have any children. God promised him a child at 75, and then at the age of, age, age of 100, that child was born by the name of Isaac, which means laughter. Somebody say praise God. But what we really see about Abraham is that he was a person who chased after the heart of God. He was a worshiper. Everybody say a worshiper. He said, I'm not worshiping the stars and the planets and, and all these this creatures and all this stuff out here. I'm going to worship the one who made all of that. I've heard his voice, and he told me to get out of here. You go to a place that I will show you, and I love this. I want to read it to you in Genesis chapter number 22. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham or tested him, is really the word, and said to him, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Well, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him therefore a burnt offering. Now that's what they were doing where he came from. Come on now. See, you, you have to understand, where, where Abraham left, he could see all the gods, pictures of them, statues of them, et cetera, et cetera. People were, were offering their children, burning them up to devils and, and these things. And here now he's serving a God that he cannot see. He heard his voice. And you know, when you hear voices, people think you're crazy. <laughs> but he heard the voice. Somebody say he heard the voice. And he obeyed that voice. 
He said, I want you to take your son and offer him on the mountain where, where I tell you. And then in Genesis chapter uh, number 22, 6 through 14, and Abraham, he took the wood. He is obeying God. He took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And you've got to get this picture because Isaac, most of the pictures that you see, Isaac's a little kid. Isaac was not a little kid when he did this. He was about 30 to 33 years old, about the same age as Jesus. Now get this. So there has to be some agreement here. Hey, son, I'm going to take you up on the mountain, bind you, and burn you. Now, you know, if daddy's 100 years old, and I'm thinking if I'm 33, I'm going to whip his tail. He ain't going to burn me. Somebody say amen. But he trusted him. Now listen. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they both went, uh, they both went together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together, and they came to the place which God told him. And Abraham built an altar there, laid the wood in order, bound Isaac his son, laid him on top of the altar, uh, upon the wood and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son he was ready to do it and the Bible said and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said Abraham Abraham and he said here I am remember he heard that voice at the beginning and now he hears it here in the greatest test of his life hadn't had a son he's got a son the son's grown now God's telling him to kill him alright so what does that tell you this is an act of worship one of the greatest worship stories in the Bible. What does that tell you? When it comes to worship, God does not want a sick lamb. He didn't want a half-hearted experience. He wants more than you can give. Come on. I said he wants more than you can give. Because that's what true worship's all about. See, this is, this is Jacob wrestling all night long. This is, you know, you know, Jacob is the seed of Abraham. And so Jacob's inherited this from, you know, granddaddy. Come on. Now listen. So here they are in this moment in time. He's getting ready to come down to this knife in his hand. And he said, this, this, this God calls out to him. And he said, here I am. And he said, lay not your hand upon the child, neither do thou anything unto him, for I know, listen, somebody say, for I know, thou fearest God. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a ram was caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Now, the thing is, is where, where did the ram come from? I'm going to tell you something. God provides when you give it all. Oh, you didn't catch that. I said God provides when you give it all. God provides when you give it all. Release your entire heart and being. He, can't he won't receive anything less than 100%. Amen? Somebody say 100. 100. 100. That's where the glory comes. That's where the power comes. That's where the, that's where the deliverance comes. When you totally, absolutely surrender to him. And it's amazing. Now, you've got to think about this. They take this trip. They have the wood. They got the fire. They go to the mountain. He binds them. He puts them on the altar. 
God puts the ram there. I said, God put the ram there. And listen, and Abraham called the name of it, what? Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. And it is said to this day in the mountain of the Lord, it shall be seen. So we understand that worship is just like when Jacob, um, Jacob's up on this, you know, Jacob wrestles with the angel all night long and says, I'm not going to let you go. Jacob had given everything that he had until the breaking, and the breaking of the day came. And God said, let me go. Let me go. What did God say about Abraham there? He said, for now I know. Say, worship can be a test. Amen. How far are you willing to go? How far are you willing to go? How hard are you willing to press? Forget about everything else. Abraham had to shut the fact out. I'm getting ready to kill what God gave me. God gave me my son. My wife was barren. She wasn't able to have children. God recreated her womb. God gave him the ability to produce seed. You understand? And so he's there, and the thing that he loves most in life, he holds the dearest to him. That's what God wants. Look at somebody say, that's what God wants out of you. That thing that you love more than anything else is what he's after. Be willing to sacrifice it to him. Say, here it is, God. Walk away from it. Leave it. I trust you. Say, God, it's yours. It's yours. And so now I know that you fear me. Now I know that you trust me. And this is the other thing that God says about Abraham. He said, for I know Abraham that he'll command his children and his children's children after him. In other words, he says, Abraham's heart of worship is so powerful that it's going to affect everybody that's connected to him. You know, that's why we're telling this story today. And how many thousands of years old is this? You see, worship can be defined as worth-ship. So it's the value that you put upon the one that you're worshiping. Amen? Glory to God. So it's like, <laughs> it's like that anything that we do to God, when we give that, we want it to be absolutely 100% heart to worship Him. Somebody say to worship Him. Amen. You know, sometimes I can go to prayer in the morning, and as soon as I kneel down, I feel God's presence. Sometimes, sometimes you have to work it. It may take 30 minutes. It may take an hour. You know, but what I'm looking for is the presence. Amen. Somebody said, well, when the presence comes, do you stop? Shoot, no. That's what you get there. That's what you're there for. Amen. To get in that. To get in that. Amen. So before you can ever be effective wrestling against principalities and powers, you've got to be effective wrestling God, fearing God, revering God for who he is. And uh, uh, I want to I just close with this scripture right here tonight and you know, come to this, this place. In Matthew chapter 11, verse number 12, Jesus says these words. He said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, violent, take it by force or seize it by force. Now, this first word they use is violence. He said, suffers violence. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. In other words, the kingdom of heaven makes its penetration into the earth realm by a violent entry. Amen. We make a violent entry into God's presence. Why? Because we're crucifying ourselves. 
We're crucifying the flesh. I'm pressing into God's presence. You know, it's just like uh, I was telling a, a, a man this week. I told him, I said, look. He said, I don't even know whether there is a God. I don't know whether I believe in God or not. I said, this is what you do. Real simple. I said, say, God, reveal yourself to me. God, if you're real, I want to know. Amen. But you've got to press. You've got to ask the question. God will honor that question. I said, God, well, he's honored that question for tens of thousands of people. The problem we can't even number. So when it comes to the kingdom of God and having the king show up and do kingly things, amen, we want him in the midst of us. I have to understand that my flesh, see, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, the violent. I'm the violent. Everybody say, I am the violent. I am the violent. I am the violent. All right, so what he says here is this word, the violent. He's talking about the forceful, the strong, the energetic. So I have to be, I have to be energized to seek God. I said I've got to be energized to seek God. Man, if the devil shows up, I want to see how long it's going to take to get rid of him. Because I know God's with me. And when I stand up, I know that he's going to stand up too. Are you getting this? Why? Because the first thing I'm going to do is worship him. I said, the first thing I'm going to do is worship him. Because if I go worship him and get in his presence, then I'm ready to face whatever lion or bear or devil or whatever the circumstances are that are out there. Because I know that he's going with me. Somebody say, he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Because I've been in his presence. Amen kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent take it. Somebody say, you take it by force. So what do I do? I go in the power of God. I go in the presence of the Lord. But how can I go in the power and presence of God if I haven't worshiped to get it? You know what I'm saying? And so if that takes wrestling with God, however long that that takes, you know, what do I want? Somebody you know, said, I, I, want a, I want a greater anointing. I want a greater touch. Well, wrestle for it. Wrestle for it. Press in. It's like press. You know, we, we, in church, we coin all kinds of phrases. Be willing to fight for it. Press into it. Run after it. Chase it. All those phrases are there for a reason. It's because we understand in order for you to have it, you got to put forth effort for it. Amen. You know, we go shopping. What do we do? We'll go through. I don't know what you know. When I, when I go shopping, if I'm if I'm looking, if I'm even buying a shirt, I look at the collar, I look at the sleeves, because I want to know if that goofy inspector inspected it right. I don't want to get home and one sleeve be shorter than the other, or the collar be twisted like this. How many's ever bought something like that? And then you get to look at it, and said made in Bangladesh. <laughs> I said I figured made in hell. It looked like it. How <laughs> I many understand what I'm talking about? That's because, number one, if I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a value on what I'm doing. I want to put a value on what I'm chasing after. God is worth everything. He's worth it all. So we have to be like the woman of the alabaster box in Matthew and Mark and Luke. We have to be like her. We've got to be willing to bust the bank, pour it all out on his feet. We've got to be willing to give it all because that's what attracts him. Somebody say, that's what attracts him. It becomes a sweet-smelling Savior to him. 
when you pour out your life. Amen. I don't want to get to heaven and God's going to say, you know, well, why didn't you, how come you didn't praise me? How come you didn't worship me? How come you didn't, you know, all, you got all these, you know. That's the most important thing we do in life. Worship God. Amen? Amen. So let's go wrestle. Somebody say, let's wrestle. Hallelujah. Let's wrestle and get a hold of God. Let's stand together tonight. Amen? Amen. Well, if there's anybody here tonight that needs uh, prayer, we want to pray for you before we, before we go tonight. Does anybody need prayer? You want to pray about something? We'll agree with you in the name of Jesus. Okay? Amen. While she's coming, I'm going to read a few scriptures. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all day long. Psalm 71, verse 8. Psalm 95, verse 2. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with songs. Psalm 145, verse 2. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Psalm 86, uh, Psalm 86, verse 9. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. Psalm 146, verse 2. I will praise the Lord while I live. Why? Because I can't praise him when I go down to the grave. I will sing praises to my God while I have being, my being. Psalm 99, verse 5. Exalt the Lord for God. Uh, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, holy is he. Psalm 47, verse 7. Man, I got all kinds up here. I'll read this one and we will pray. For God is the king of us all, of all the earth. Sing praises with a skillful song. Amen. What does that mean? Make one up. Write your own, but make sure it's good. Amen.